Bro. We're all good? Y'all ready? Yeah. We straight. We straight. Do you have anything we want to talk about? I could pick it out of him right now. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it right now on camera. Everybody good? We feel good? We good. We feel good. We're good. We do not miss a Monday Atos Alive podcast, the most authentic, most organic yes, podcast sir. fucking out here, baby. Happy Monday to all of y'all. I know to you guys right now, it's a little weird because it's not Monday, but when this comes out, it's Monday morning. Yes, Hopefully, sir. everybody's driving to work or waking up, but your whole Zusco, yeah, Coachella Fit, Dylan out mean? here. <laughs> this guy's out here wild and one day in Coachella. He's crazy. Es que hoy so calor, and I was like, salió el sol? Fuck it, let's do this. <laughs> there it is. I ain't gonna lie, it's, it's, it's like 62 degrees in here, oh, bro. Well, for me, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> it's raining outside right, right now. now, and I don't know why Dylan's dressed like this, but you'll realize that soon. Nah, it's like 80 degrees right now, so it feels good. <laughs> But Dylan, we got a legend. Oh, hell yeah. We, we got someone that hell yeah. takes filming, producing to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. But it makes us look like little kids right now. Although he was giving us t- like little tips and he tricks said, right now. Don't we put were the like, camera this way. Yes. Hey, what are you doing right now? <laughs> we were like, yes, master. Yes. <laughs> you guys were funny. Mr. George Orozco in the house. Yes, sir. Baby. Yes, sir. Man, if you have not seen him, bro. You have to tap into Instagram, to the content. Just finished filming for Ryan Garcia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? 100%. Mm-hmm. A big part of, of content. And we're going to get into all this, all these questions about AI, all these questions about life, about relevancy, about consistency. Filming and stuff. Filming, everything, because yeah. we have questions on filming, so we're going oh, to we're, we're bombard you with, you better be ready for hey, those. Hey, man, right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have, have an invoice for you guys after this. <laughs> I'm like, hey. This-, <laughs> this podcast is only two minutes long. I'm sorry, guys. We're done. We can only afford two uh, minutes. We, we can pay you in shots and alcohol, bro. <laughs> and vibes. And vibes, exactly. Hey, I think that currency as but, well. Man, thank you so much for, for coming. Mm-hmm. I know it's been in the works for... Damn, since last year. Since a while, last year. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been trying to fit this fit this in. But as I always say, things happen at the right time, at the most designated time, because right now it's 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 time. It really is. So man, how you doing, bro? Man, I'm good, bro. Honestly, like I'm healthy, my family's healthy, you know, just staying in shape and trying to just honestly be physically and mentally like positive of everything that's going on, right? So like the last two years has been crazy, right? Like 2020, COVID, 2021. Yeah. Like, we thought it was going to last a year. And it lasted nice. way more than that. And, like, not only did it take a toll on our mental, you know, situation, it also took a toll to our work. Yeah. And I think the last last year, like 2022, has only gotten better for me. But it took, you know, two two years for us to really figure out, like, how things are going to go and like nice. a lot of people fell off a lot of people stopped working and like literally couldn't pick themselves back up and thankfully i was able to adapt to it right and just get back to like working it really, hard uh covid really showed the hustle inside of people yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know it, 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 how you just said right now you stayed healthy and i think believe healthy goes in all areas not just the physical but yeah. mental mental and yes if your mental wasn't challenged during that time well, you really found out what mental health is. And actually, that's where we found out what mental health That's where I found out what mental health is. We're like, damn, this is depression. I'm like crying every day without you knowing why I'm crying. I'm like, all right, now let's do, let's yeah. dig deep. But 
this is about this is about you. Yeah. It's about the beginning to where you're at right now. So if you could give us a brief background for everybody watching right now, not just for our followers and audience, we love you guys, but for your followers and audience, where did you grow up? Yeah. And what city? Where are we from, okay. bro? Yeah, so I was, uh, if you guys don't know, I was born in Lindsay, California. Nobody was like, wait, what? Wait, 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 where? Right? Where? So what I, normally, what I normally tell everybody, though, I'm like, yo, I'm from Fresno, right? Because that's the yeah. closest thing to oh, okay, okay, Kind of okay. like everybody, you know, you're from Oxnard or some shit. You're going to say, oh, I'm from L.A. If we're you don't we're know, from Baldwin Park, and I say yeah. I'm from L.A. because nobody knows no, where Baldwin Park everybody, is. Everybody, you know, uses L.A. as the yeah. place, but the closest. So yeah, for me. I use West Covina. <laughs> I use West Covina, I'm too. Like, oh, I'm from Baldwin Park. Where? Yeah. West Covina. Yeah, but that's the thing though. Is like half the people that you talk to, or like half the people you talk to on social media, they're like, "What? California?" They think it's like this one little group of like three. If you're from California, you're from LA, right? Three cities maximum: San Fran, LA, or San Diego. Yeah, so so I'm from Lindsay, which is this really really small town, bro. Like everybody knows everybody. The only thing we got there going on is is uh, soccer, football, and I, I think basketball at times. But like for our schools, that's it, right? Uh, I graduated from a class of like 80 kids. So that's the crazy part, right? Like normally out here is like 400, 500 students. Like our graduation was fast. Yeah, not continuations. No, no. It's, it's regular school, you know, at regular yeah. high school. But we just yeah. had, you know, our, 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 my senior class was 80, 89 students, which is crazy, right? Like we know each other from, from junior, from like elementary to high school, but. Yeah. You know, I came from a really, really small town, and um, it just ended up, like, I ended up just, like, learning filmmaking, like, a little bit in high school. Okay. I actually wasn't supposed to go to the film class my senior year because it was already booked out. Like, they had a, a whole uh, roster for that actual class, but yeah. I told the the, um, the film uh, teacher, I was like, hey, can I just show up, and then hopefully someone drops out because, you know, in school, people mm. drop out of classes they don't like. Yeah. So um, I ended up just showing up every morning. It was like my free period and just showing up. And then who knows, one, two or three, like three students dropped out because they wanted to switch their electives. So I ended up picking it up. Um, and then I loved it. I was like stuck on it, like heavy. Like I would just take the camera and then go out and just sh- think of sh- stuff to shoot. Like, can I cuss? I don't know. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. I just, I just, you know, I thought of things to shoot. And I, I was out there just, I remember like, you know, when I throughout like freshman to senior year, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. First, it was like screen printing. Like I was screen printing stuff for clothing and shit, and I liked yeah. it. And I was like, oh, oh this shit. is dope. But then it got boring. I was oh, like, this, this kind of got boring. I was like, it's the same method. You're yeah. doing the same thing over and over again. There's nothing new to it. So I got used to it. I knew how to do it. I knew how to use like this one program that, that creates like stencils to create it. And I, I kind of got boring of it. Then I did a promoting, like concert promoting. My junior year, I did concert promoting. I thought it was cool, but like I didn't like the stress on it. Like it was weird, like weird stress. But then again, I did like my third show and it was like, this is repetitive. You know, it's the same venue, just different bands. Yeah. I got tired of the repetitiveness and then I got bored. So then I, I was like, whatever. I stopped doing it. Yeah. I was picking things up, seeing what didn't get boring, right? And then I got into film and then I went into that film class and I just picked it up and like it was something new every time. So if I wasn't like shooting in the cafeteria, I was shooting in the hall. If I wasn't shooting in the hall, I was learning how to do effects in the classroom. So I realized that like filmmaking has infinite 
ability, like infinite situations that are always different. You can right? always be creative and yeah. And, so yeah. like it goes like, goes to now. Like I do stuff like for sports, documentaries, music videos, commercials, yeah. photography. Like everything is kind of related in a way, but it doesn't get boring because every brand is different. I took uh, I took film production in high yeah. school. Yeah. See, yeah. but like everything is different. I, I, I did. I mean, I was, I was, I was, a, I was a rebel in high school, but I just did it just to get out of class. Yeah, I took a photography. But class. once I was there, it was like, okay, you know, like uh, the autofocus, this and that, mm-hmm. you know, um, the depth of whatever the fuck you have in the picture. Okay, so Loto, and I was like, all right, this is pretty interesting. Yeah. And even though I did it just for fucks, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, all right, this is this is something dope because you can. You can personalize it as yourself. Yeah. 100%. You can do something creative. Well, it's because it, the crazy part, and this is where, like, I always believe, like, life comes in a full circle, is we we were in this, like, I was in photography, you did that too, but, I mean, never in our million years where we'd be like, damn, we're going to do content. We're oh, going to get it. into content. And actually, it just to, like, kind of throw this in there right now, because I was talking to my guy, Jose, this week, and I always say, and I was just thinking about this, I was like, damn. Sometimes the perfect picture is the one that was never taken. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, the, whoa, the yo. perfect moment was the one that was never recorded. Yeah. But it's just like living in that. So when you're going through these classes, did you ever imagine you would be doing what Something, you do now? Yeah. Again, you just finished filming for some of the biggest boxers in. Hell no. No. That like if you would if I were to go back, if somehow I could tra- time travel. And go talk to my 16-year-old senior yeah. me. And I'm like, yo, bro. I remember Canelo was coming out at the time. But, yeah. like, these artists that I worked with that I remember looking up to. Like, yo, you're going to work with such and such. Don't worry about it. I would have been like, you crazy-ass motherfucker. I'm going to go to my community college and stay here, right? That's really my mindset at the time. But, like, like I said, after after high school, like... My sister, I was enrolled already to a community college, but my sister was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you saying that community college when you got a school calling you? Because I sent in like this video of like my senior year and I was just ignoring it, bro. I was just ignoring the signals that God was giving me. Just like literally signals. These dudes were calling me over and over and over again. I feel like you you were not ignoring it. You were just, it's it's obvious. Uh, I'm not sure how the, the way you were raised, but it's like, it was always the minimum. Yes. It was always like, oh, okay, I strive for the minimum. Yeah. Even though I have this, that can lead well, me to bigger things. Don't, don't let it, don't let it, don't let it pass up. Then, because if you didn't take advantage of this school calling you constantly, yeah, what was the mentality that you were thrown in? And again, we love our parents. We yeah. come from Hispanic background. Mm-hmm. Parents are are first timers out here, bro. They came from Michoacan to here, mm-hmm. and yeah. just like every Mexican parent and every parent in general, they want the sure thing for their kid. Yeah, what we do isn't sure. Mm-hmm. Isn't 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 like unless you even the contract that you may get for a year. What if next year you don't get shit? Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. So when you're going up in high school, getting into your senior year, what was that conversation you have with your parents? And to give us a little background, what do your parents do for work so people can know? Yeah. This? So I mean, my parents they're they were they were first generation immigrants. So they migrated here, mm. uh, no papers for damn like 20, 30 years. They got a citizenship when Ronald Reagan was was uh, president, so oh, you got to keep that in mind, right? <laughs> oh fuck! But, okay. let's, let's, books, my guy. but there's, a, know there's this. Hey, but there's shout out to homeboy. You already did, but yeah, yeah shout, shout out, out shout out to Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> Salute, my guy. Nah, but that's how they got their papers. But the thing is, there, there's double layers to that, right? So there's yeah. a layer of my parents being here for so and so years. They hustled their way to get to a certain 
American dream, right? Mm. As we say, they own houses now, which is freaking amazing, bro. Like, do you really think about it? Home ownership, like, to me, I haven't achieved it yet, but I'm striving for it. But I can only imagine them working out in in the fields, picking oranges, you know, every fruit you could think of, right? Mm -hmm. To buying a house. Do you know what kind of hustle that has to be? Bro, that is like... Crazy, because I didn't understand the type of hustle my dad had. Even back then, I would go out there and my people would call him crazy. Because he would go out and, and he would sleep in his truck, work from 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning, and finish till the sun goes down. That is his alarm to, to get off the field. Literally night vision, right? So it's crazy to think that that work ethic and that hustle ethic is like embedded in him. And just seeing that he was able to purchase a home back in the 1990s. They still live in that house that they first bought, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it, to me, they never want to sell it. There's like some sentimental va- value behind that. Yeah. And it, to me, it's like I would never – if I end up having it myself, I would never ever sell it because the hard work he put into that house. It just it's, – it's special, you know? It's, it's, it's special. Yeah. And, and you know, to bring down the stats to all that, like they make like 150 to $200 a day slavering and killing themselves for a few barrels. The big, you know those big, like, you've ever seen them on the highway, those yeah, big yeah. boxes of oranges? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They get, like, 19, 20 bucks for a box. For a box, bro. Yeah. And if you break that down, every bag you get at a grocery store is, like, like 15, Shit, 20 bucks. Yeah. You can imagine, right? So Shout out to field workers, man. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is not easy. No, it's not. And, and, you know, again, going back to the layering of seeing how far I could go myself, right? Um, I lived in a small city too. So like leaving to LA to go just to go visit was a big thing, right? LA, I live in it now. So it's like, I even tell my girlfriend sometimes I'm like, yo, we live in LA. Like to me, that is still shocking from where I'm from, bro. Like I honestly lived in the most smallest town with parents that are so humble, bro. And I remember like growing up, like barely having stuff to eat. You know what I'm saying? And like my parents be like, oh, you know, tenemos comida en la casa. And like I remember like not frijoles y cosas en la casa. Tengo hambre. Yeah. Hay frijoles en la casa. ¿Qué estás haciendo? ¿Qué dices? I wouldn't understand it as yeah, a kid. No, nobody understands I mean, that. I don't blame you if you don't understand as a kid because yeah. you don't. You don't understand. You don't, you don't See, comprehend. But, it, you know? it's, but it's crazy because when we're younger during that age, even I would even say like, some high school, right? Because yeah. in high school, you don't even know what anybody's going you're oblivious, through. Oblivious, bro. You, yeah, you're oblivious to everything. Oh, you can't give me ten dollars to go out. You can't give me twenty. So back then, we thought mm-hmm. giving me forty dollars was nothing. Oh, give me forty. I gotta go out today, or I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go there. But we didn't know that forty dollars back then was X amount of hours that you had to work. My parents never gave me. X money. I had to work for that shit on the weekends just to take my girlfriend. Yeah, or like, I, I didn't, bro. This is. <laughs> I never even thought about this until like recently too, where it's like back then growing, uh, my family is in Baldwin Park, but my mom's family is in the 805 Santa Maria area Mm. where it's it's surrounded by nothing but fields. Yeah. So my uncle, my Nino, he'd work Monday through Friday, but Saturdays he would cut grass. So when I was younger, I would always love to go up north, spend, spend the week with my cousins, but come, come a weekend, my uncle's getting us up to go cut fucking grasses, bro. <laughs> so there's a city called Nepomo. Nepomo is nothing but big ass fucking <laughs> front lawns yeah. and everything, oh, bro. About anywhere from like six yards to ten yards, and he would still pay us after, and we would go eat after. But it's like, damn, bro, like the hustle, right? Hey, si lavas el carro, te doy esto. Si cortas la yarda, te doy esto. 
as much as and the the lessons, as much as I want to give you fifty bucks just for that, hey, go do and go do those chores first. It's it's you it's know, uh, earn it. It's the principle of it. It's like okay, you want this, you have to earn it. Yeah, you know, you have to work for it. Not yeah. nothing in life is going to be given to you. Yeah, but, nah. but like even like to that. bring it back is. They wanted something for sure for us. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. So you're going for, you're going to a college, an opportunity that maybe during that time that that this was all happening is like, what are you doing? Like that's yeah. not a doctor, that's not a lawyer, that's not a teacher. Yeah. So no, no, no. You're right, bro. Like it's so like unmarked territory Correct. for my parents and like like videos. Like what? Like yeah. in the beginning, because I was shooting nobody, right? I was shooting yeah. artists that were unsigned. I was shooting at the time shooting people that I just I just needed to shoot, right? Yeah. I needed to shoot. Content. I needed to shoot and get content and get like I guess show that I can make things dope, right? Make mm-hmm. things come to, to to life. And sometimes I would have to do free work, and that was just part of it it's part of everybody's journey um is to do free work there is a there's like a a threshold though you got to figure out that threshold or you'll be stuck in that little loop where you can never break through right and then when you break through to the next threshold you're gonna lose so many people and you know in the beginning when i was doing this um my parents didn't know who who i was working with or what i was doing and this and that they were just like whatever but they knew i was struggling bro i was struggling like when i was first starting the first i could probably say the first five years six years of doing what i was doing and i started in 2010 i was struggling and i was working at best buy and i was like making like 230 dollars every two weeks but i was shooting a video for 200 dollars, right i was like damn i worked two weeks for 200 dollars. like that shit's you're, you guys are robbing me. So, yeah. you know, I ended up leaving Best Buy. But, like, knowing what people do for $250, right, two weeks, where I realized I could do this if I put myself and apply to it and really, really, like, grind down and do the free stuff but also, pay, like, you know, charge for the stuff that I can charge for, I'll eventually grow. I wasn't ready for it. Hell no, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready to let go of a steady paycheck. Of, and if it was $250, right? Nowadays, like, that shit's nothing, right? It's 250 bucks and some groceries, gas, and maybe a night out with, with your family, and that's it. Maybe. I don't even think that. Maybe, maybe the night out is a no, lot. Not, not anymore. Not no, anymore. yeah, yeah. What's, what's minimum? Like, you, your, your girlfriend's here. Yeah. When you guys go out, what's the usual paycheck for dinner? Like, over 100 something? 120, yeah. Right? But we went to go eat last time, and bro, just literally an appetizer, two drinks, and then literally food was already like 170. I'm I was like, like, yeah, it was almost what the 200. Fuck? You hear that? I'm like, like I'm, I'm gonna take you to fucking McDonald's after this because <laughs> this ain't happening no more. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they go on bro dates. Look at that. A toast of life. We take care of each other. We go to Chipotle. No double, no double chicken, no double steak. Just regular. Hey, no, but even Chipotle is expensive, right? Oh, Chipotle is. Chip- hey. hey. <laughs> I'm gonna tag the after this, but it's like they asked that question, like double chicken. Yeah, it's gonna be extra. I'm like, don't fucking challenge me right now. Say less. When you had a good week, I'm like, they better, they, hey, they better be two big spoonfuls, <laughs> bro. And, and it, can I get guac? That's gonna be extra. That's, that's like, when you know you had a good week. Put some guac on that. Like, put some guac. I don't feel. I, I don't care today. Just know how much money we have after you put guac, <laughs> double chicken, and get chips. <laughs> 
Oh, mm, we just, share chips. We share chips every time uh, we go. We share chips. Just don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> hey, their their alcohol drinks are expensive. They're like thirteen dollars. Mm. Like hey, you getting the thing? The one that we go to, there's a Seven Eleven across the street. Ah, oh, yeah. there it is. No, yeah, they be like, you'll be ringing it up and just ding, 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 ding. You're like, ah, shit, sounds like Subway también. No, what, what, when you go to a restaurant, what do you, what do what do usually us Hispanics do? We start looking through the whole check. Let's see the trust me right. <laughs> I did this. I did this. Hey, you're, you're what is this thing called? Gratuity. <laughs> we didn't eat that. We didn't order that. Gratuity. Is that so? Ya lo pagamos? Never heard of that plate before. <laughs> My friends have called that out. I'm like, um, mom, dad, esto es lo que pagas para que te sirven. It's hilarious, bro. My dad's just like, ¿cuánto? ¿40? ¿Para qué le dejan tanto? Dude, your dad's funny as fuck. I love you, dad. Your dad's no, funny like, as fuck. You know, like, usually, I think common courtesy, depending on your check, right? Like, you're going to leave anywhere from, like, minimum of, of, like, 10, depending where you go. Yeah. To, like, maybe 20, 30 bucks. And if you go somewhere more expensive, obviously, yeah, you do whatever you want. But like we one time, like it just even Benihana, we left them like it was like forty bucks. My dad's like, "Pa qué dejan tanto?" I'm telling you, he that's funny as fuck. An hour walk out so fast. I'm like, I'm sorry, my dad. No, no, no. You guys not stingy. It's just the fact that they they're not used to that. Yeah, yeah of course. We're not, we're not used to a lot of things, bro. And you know what? This. You know what's crazy though? The Hispanic culture just—we don't look for handouts. So us seeing, you know, giving them tips has always been like, well, we we would cut grass, we would do this, we would never get extra money for what we're doing. Oh, yeah. we get underpaid for it too. So like, yeah. I guess the adjustment of living in the, in the United States and then figuring out like there is certain settings where you do it right. Well, adjust, let's take it to the next level because you're not just a any videographer or any photographer. Yeah. You're now known and for what you do in your content. Yeah. So even to pay someone what they pay you, to other people, it's like, no, mames, yo lo tomo con mi, con mi teléfono, es mejor. Yeah. Or con whatever. And, and power to everybody. Yeah. But in order for our parents to see, hey, mom, dad, this will pay off. Just, just give me time. I think our parents, yeah. we talked about it before. Yeah, my, just, my parents were like, ¿Y para qué chingos vas al podcast? Que estoy and I'm like, <laughs> just... It's, yeah. it's unsure. It's they like, don't understand it either, right? They don't understand. No. They, they're, they're, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, the way they see a risk, they don't see the risk of what, what we're doing it because yeah. we we see it in a digital content media mm-hmm. way, right? They're stuck in the way of like just being able to live through the day or live through the year. I right? wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it live. I'd call it survive. Survive, survive, right? They're literally surviving. Not the even, whole but not year. even the year. Survive the week. Survive the next month. Crazy story is like, you know, when I was telling you, like, you know, my parents wouldn't tell us, oh, you know, I come in on la casa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember, and then my mom finally opened up to me years later, like when I got older. She broke down to me too. And like, she was like, you know, like when you would always ask to get McDonald's every time we drive by, because there's a McDonald's right when we go into our town. Every time I'm like, oh, mom, can we do McDonald's? And I still like vividly remember like telling my mom, just like, mom, come on, we'll pull away McDonald's, you know, McDonald's. No, I come in la casa. And then finally, like a, a Saturday or Sunday, she finally would want to take us. And I remember eating my food and like just being so consumed on eating my food, but not realizing that she told me that she wouldn't order for herself. She would order my brother, sister, and everybody food and chicken nuggets and, and burgers. And she would take a chicken nugget for my sister, a bite from my brother's burger, and a bite from my food. And saying that's how she's going to feed herself. 
Right, hold on, I'm gonna cry, homeboy. Hold on, hold the fuck. It's oh, and shit. I don't see that, bro. Oh, when shit. she told me that story, I, I started like breaking down because I was like, wow. What is that? How does that make you feel? Like, what does that do to I you? I didn't know better, right? That and, was I. I, I kind of relate to you a lot because my parents were first generation immigrants yeah. here, um, and we lived always always lived in Baldwin Park, and there's this little burger joint uh, like a block away from our house. And my parents got kicked out of their their the place they were renting. Mm-hmm. Little, it was like a it was like a studio. It was like a one bedroom studio. They kicked them out. Obviously, I was a kid. I didn't know any better. Yeah. So I was like, "Mom, I want a burger at the little corner place." My my siblings were always like, "Oh, we want a burger. We want a burger." Um, my parents didn't even have enough to pay the freaking to pay the rent. Yeah. Um, we spent the whole day there, and my parents bought us the burger. They bought us literally a combo just for all, all three of us. And yeah. my parents, all they ate with that day was just the fries that we had that day. My dad took a bite of the burger, and my dad was like, that's it. That's all you guys right there. And I didn't realize it to today. And we sometimes pass through that little burger joint. And I just sit down, and I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. Like, that shit hits deep sometimes. Where like, you don't... I see myself sitting down with my parents in that little corner, not knowing that they had been kicked out of their place. Not knowing that they had $5. My dad had $5 for a whole fucking week. Yeah. Like, in his bank account, he's like, how the fuck am I going to feed it? Just like how you're saying, like, your parents had to, they're working in the fields getting only $15 to $20 per per box. Yeah. To feed a family. Like, how many brothers and sisters do you got? Uh, I'm four in total. So, my two sisters and my older brother. I'm the youngest. So I was the last one to kind of like, you know, everybody else knew what was going on, right? All the struggles, my parents like finding, you know, and then getting a house wasn't easy, right? So like a lot of sacrifices had to get done. Like oh, it's yeah. not a normal, you got to prepare yourself to buy a house, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, things got to be on lockdown and everything we got to pay yeah. for. And like, I didn't know nothing. I was a kid, just being a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I just still remember, like I said, vividly, I just remember yeah, like uh, like how you see videos where everything is just focusing on one thing, but not seeing anything around me. And it was like, I didn't even realize to look over at my mom's, like what's in front of her, right? And I realized years later that, you know, she was picking off of our food because she couldn't afford to get her own food. She just had enough for us. Does that make you feel... Sorry, feel bad, yeah, for being that way till now. It does, and, and you know, I I can't like drown over it, but it definitely makes me feel like, damn, bro, I wish I would have known. I wouldn't have asked. Yeah, I wouldn't have asked. You know, because like we we they got us to a certain point where we don't have to worry about that struggle, right? With our own, you know, kids. Yeah. So I remember when just like hearing that, like I cr- I started crying, bro, like. My mom's telling me this story, and, like, she's very emotional, and I got my emotional, like, trait from her, and, like, just hearing her cry, she could barely finish that story, and I'm just like, fuck, like, you know, my brothers and sisters had it worse than me, because I was the last one, and then we just got the house, and, like, you know, and um, they saw the worst of, you know, being broke, and, like, all that that was going on, and I only got, like, the end of the tale, and even till then, like, i you know, my parents, my, my brothers and sisters all see my parents differently compared to what I see. I see yeah. them as heroes. And that's just the way I'm going to be because on the stage that they had me. I was, I'm like eight years apart from my last evening. 
siblings. So, you know, yeah, they were like, we're trying again. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Here's another one. Hey, you know what, though? I did it again. (laughs) No, no, no. Listen, listen. It's crazy because actually my mom confessed to me and she said uh, I was the only one that was planned. I wasn't planned. I was the only one out of the four. At four, I was the only one planned. I'm the middle child. That was not planned. My parents told me already, like, bro, you Siri, popped out of nowhere, bro. Siri playing in sync right now. Uh, no, what? Is, not even what the fuck in sync. Song sync right now. Uh, by Britney Spears. Oh, uh, shout out Oops. to her fool. Hey, prayers to her. <laughs> it's not going too good right now. <laughs> no. the, the reason why I'm on this podcast, so I can steal you guys' like uh, concept and just take it. <laughs> where's, the, where's, the, where's, where's the uh where's it called the um the waiver <laughs> you guys need to have those though serio um we'll, we'll yeah, talk about that after right now i'm the one after i'm the one after you took that shot i'm food checking right now right there bro i'm the film food checking all right so we we got to get into this because for the people that follow you already they see your content a slightly little fast forward. When was this big break of you knowing that content creating, filming was all right? There's a future in this. This is this is where I want to be in. Uh so the way that I like think about any type of career, mm-hmm. right? You got to lie to yourself mm-hmm. for years, bro. For years, I was like. I'm a director. Anybody ask? What do you, you what fake do you it till you make it? Type of thing? No, it is in a way, right? But like, there's people that like fake it till you make it, but don't are not learning on the way. Yeah. And for a while, like, I was doing my due diligence and like finding videos on YouTube, finding you know TikTok wasn't like how it is now, where like how to be a director and like yeah. thousands of directors are just showing. Be a photographer for one day. <clears throat> no, yeah. So, um, I was going to film school and in Santa Monica, that's ended up going to film school. Um, and. Uh, Everybody was like, you know, and the the whole the whole idea of film school was like, oh, go to film school and then get on the seniors projects, all the seniors projects, be PAs, be personal assistants. And I remember doing it once, and I fucking hated it. It was like, bro, what? I'm being someone's bitch all day, <laughs> getting coffee, uh, wrapping up like extension cords, and going out and like cleaning the the location. Not learning not one damn thing. I was like, what the what's the point of this? If I'm not learning, mm-hmm. then I'm not getting nothing out of it. So. I was like, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to just create my own sets, find my own clients. And then at the beginning, it sounded crazy because everybody in there was just like, yeah, okay, for sure. But I was just like, I'm going to just do it myself and make myself the head of it. That's where I wanted to be. It's like make myself the person of it, right, and be the, be the one that's creating these projects. So in the beginning, I was working, and I was getting like little jobs here and there, and then it came down to a commercial class. I ended up doing a commercial. A, a commercial, it, commercial class is just create your own commercial. Fake, real, whatever. And out of all the students, I think there was like 15 students in there. Every single one picked Nike, picked Snickers, picked whatever, Twix or whatever to create a Very well-known brands. A well, very well-known brand. I was like, man, I'm going to go find an actual company or an actual place to create a commercial for them and make this count, not just in class, but in the world. So I started doing that. And I, I was the only student that actually brought in a commercial where they paid me Instead of using my money to create the commercial, they paid me to shoot the commercial for them and ended up going on TV. 
in like the Fresno area. But still, to me, that was a win. Oh, a win's a win, bro. No matter what. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. What the hell? That's a, hell yeah. That's a win before you knew <laughs> yeah. what fucking wins were. Yeah. You just like I, I feel at that moment you're just like, I did it. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pass. Yeah. But in reality, it's like, bro, that's a stepping stone to. Bro, I didn't think what I was you do now. No, I didn't. That one piece was like, okay, well, now I got to do another one. I got to do to the point where people were like, watch. I was always in. We had a computer lab. It was open twenty four seven for like the first year, and yeah. until like. 2 p 2 a.m. next year. Yeah. And um, I remember just bringing in projects, just put, bringing in projects. And and then they were small, big, whatever. But, like, I remember finding my friend uh, Justin Jones, which is a well-known yeah. cinematographer. So there's cinematographers and there's directors, producers. Cinematographers are in charge of how the videos look and they how they light, right? Directors are in charge of ideas and how it all falls to the end of the video. Producers, they're in charge of, all right, you need three lights, two cameras, mic setup, and all this. There's a producer for that. So they actually put it all together. I get the idea. I give it to the producer. The producer gets it all together. This is how much it costs. And then I'm like, okay, I need a lighting guy, which is the DP, where he kind of lights it how I want it to light, right? So there's more complex lighting situations. But in the time, I saw this kid, um, Justin Jones. He was doing, um, like, skate videos. But the skate videos look really dope. They have really dope movement. And I was like, oh, dude, like... You're really dope. Like, the stuff you're doing is really cool because I kind of saw it in music videos. I was like, this kind of would be cool if you could do it in music videos. So in the beginning, he kind of, you know, he was just a kid. He was just like, yeah, man, it's kind of cool. You know, I'm just doing this. And then, like, kind of brushed me off. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. You know, he didn't want to talk to me. So then two months passed, and then I hit him up again. Like, yo, dude, like, you know, kind of sold him a dream. I was like, yo, like, I want to shoot music videos, but I need someone that can work with me. And, like, do this with me and be in charge of, like, shooting the videos while I'm kind of getting ideas together. Yeah. So we were, like, literally, he, in the beginning, he was like, oh, all right, for sure. So when we first started, we did our first music video. And it came out dope. And it was it was new to him. So he was super excited. And then it was new to, for me to work with somebody. Because before that, I was shooting videos all by myself yeah. and just doing everything by myself. Well, how, well, like, how does that feel, though, working on a dream that no one believes that it's an actual attainable dream? Joseph M. Wanted with the Constitutionalist Politics. Tune in for the upcoming episode for May 4. Issue, never the issue. As well as, yes, Peter Serafin, Rosemary Downer, Don Gallade, Gista the Rapper, Cy Young, Jason Perry, and upcoming Jack Hagar, Andrew Thorpe King, Trent Rock, Ed Temple, Chris Morehouse, and more. Please tune in to Constitutionalist Politics. God bless. You, like I said, it goes back down to lying to yourself. There is, you have to be insane to follow your dream, and people don't understand that. For the longest, like, I would always say, I'm going to be big, I'm going to be big, but I didn't understand the grasp of what I thought big was, right? I thought big was like five, six years ago. But I'm getting to a new level now. But you have to be insane to think that, like, you're going to be big in anything, right? Just like these crazy artists that, like, didn't know or, like, they just were just making music. They weren't expecting it, but they were just like, I'm just doing music. But then there's other people that, like, want to strive to be big. And they fall so short because they hit their first line of adversity. And they're like, oh, well, I can't do this no more. By the word insane, you mean different, right? Different, yeah. Abstract. Because no, well, what, even- you, what you said about um, the commercial part. Obviously, everyone had the same thought. Everyone yeah. was like, 
going to the safest place, which is Nike, yeah, whatever, yeah. you were like, I'm insane, which is I'm indifferent yeah, from yeah. all these people. I, yeah, yeah. I think different. I'm abstract. Yeah. I'm going to go do my own thing. 100%. And you're that 1% of the population that's just like. Kind of like went out shit. the box. And that's exactly. just like everybody's right. inside the box, the safe zone where these yeah. walls are up, right? It's because it's different too because in order to believe in a dream that doesn't seem attainable to everybody, it seems crazy. You have to be oblivious to everything, even what the truth may be. Yeah. The truth is this may not work. The truth is maybe you're not going to get a big break. The truth is maybe no one will ever believe in what you're doing. And you have to be literally mentally insane to say, fuck that. Yeah, I am doing this because I believe in this and yeah. I'm going to continue to do this. Why? Because I know where I'm going, whether it's with all of y'all or with none of y'all. Mm-hmm. But I got to get there. So you did this, you did the, you did the video, you, you started working with, with your dude. When do you catch your big break? When do you, when do you catch the break where you're just like, all right, I, here we go. I think there was in, 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 I think my career, right. There was never a big break. There were small wins. There was like, I'm building off these small wins. <laughs> if I would always be like, damn, I need that big break. It'll never come because people don't realize that like the big break comes from A to B, right? But there's a lot of A, B1, A, B2, A, B3 that step you up to that next break. Nobody sees those. Nobody sees the ones in the middle because they see the big thing. So I just shot with this dude named Canelo. I think everybody knows who he is. Yeah. <laughs> but I did a bunch of shit before that with that company, that exact company, right? I did a bunch of like red carpet events and just random little things that kind of got me to the steps for them to trust me. And then... I just remember, like, they're telling me Canelo, and then they were like, oh, we already knew, kind of my producer, the guy that I work with now, his name is Don, he was like, yo, if you just keep working with them, you know, I have someone that guides me, he's like, you just keep working with them, they'll end up, you know, throwing something at you that you like, and I remember when they were saying, like, you know, we have this high-profile boxer in in San Diego, and I was like, there's only one high-profile boxer in San Diego, and, um, I did all these little things to get to that big break or, you know, to that next step. Cause to me, that's a really dope step, but there's like way more things that I want to do with either Canelo or whoever's up at the top. But it's like every little small win for me counts because it creates a credibility with whoever I'm working with. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if you, you can, you can be this really big brand person and be like, Oh, this is the guy. This is the guy. But like you guys didn't realize all these other things he had to do to get there to, to work hard. Right. To me, my breaks were just my breaks were those small wins, just being able to go to the next week to have money in my pocket, to be able to keep working hard, right? I think my biggest break was just being able to have those wins. There's no like damn like I made it, right? Cuz even when I had my first big video, I was like this can't be it. What's your first big video for the people that don't know? Uh my first big video that I ever shot was uh with Hobson. I don't know if you know who Hobson is. So I ended up shooting something with him. Um, for the longest, I, I was just friends with him, and I was like, "Yo, like, you know, I'm getting a camera." And like, who's, who's Hobson again? For, uh, this is for people that don't know. Uh, so, for people right? that don't know, like, Hobson is a well-known underground artist. Um, he shot so many dope videos, and before me, he was shooting stuff by himself. And he need I I realized that he needed someone because yeah. just with anything else, with a podcast, you need someone. You can't just do it by yourself. Yeah, yeah. There's no way with anything though, like yeah. running a photography business or running. Running what even like a like you know a dentistry business like you there's you need no people you need, you need people you need people 
And I realized he was doing all this stuff by himself. And to this day, he still does stuff by himself. But I realized that he needed someone. And I kept, like, talking to him. He's never shot with anybody. But he's always done really dope stuff. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I'm here to, to help you get better. I'm not asking for anything. And I learned that, like, without pressuring someone that I need money, that I need you to give me money to make this happen, instead, you got to approach it differently. Like, yo, I can do whatever you need me to do to make your life better. Right? And I kept talking to him and kept giving him advice from what. Sorry. <laughs> Kept giving him my bad. I right, take that shit out. Listen. It's like, well, I'll cut that part out. Don't worry, I got <laughs> No, but um, I kept, I, kept give, I kept giving him advice from my school. So I was kind of like his translator from yeah. school to what he's doing because he was so shit. independent. And uh, finally, he was like, all right, let's do a video. I got $10,000. And, you know, to a lot of people, that's a lot of fucking money. That's yeah, a lot is. of money. Like, ain't nobody just got $10 to just kind of like. You know, take out. That's my car's worth of money, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, it, it, in, in music videos, like, there isn't really a crazy investment coming back. It's always like, it's a, it's a hit I, or miss. It's a hit or miss, but it's also, I, I, the way to explain it is like music videos are like products to, or are packaging designs for products that are, have good product in them, right? It's an investment, you'd say. Yeah, an investment. But okay. but the thing is, the way you look at music videos is how you package a song, right? Mm-hmm. So a music video is the package to the song. It's it's what embodies it in a way, right? Okay, so okay, like okay. if you go into like, for example, like to like just a, a remate or something like that, uh-huh. and you see like this really, you know, like your mom knows this really good chapstick that yeah. comes out of this cheap ass <laughs> box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the mass, for the majority of us, we were like, oh, that's probably trash, right? But if you go over to CBS and buy this expensive ass one that has a really nice package, that's what a music video does. It shows what the product could be, right? It sugar coats. Yes. Mm. It sugar coats. The music. Okay, okay, okay. It's, so. it's like a commercial for your the music. music. Yeah. The music for the song. A, or a, lot like of, a, a lot of people wait for music videos mm-hmm. and the song pops off that, sometimes after the music. Like, that's like the Bad beauty. Bunny just, just like in general, he delays his videos yeah. on purpose. But I mean, that that's the beauty of what's happening now and what our generation and timing is now where I feel you don't need a dope music video to pop off. You just need the, the trending sound to pop off. So whatever comes after that, it's like, okay, maybe the music video isn't cool, but the sound... Is still popping, but that is TikTok. So you, as a creator and as a director, as a as someone that does this yeah. behind the scenes that no one sees, mm-hmm. this whole this whole movement of social media and how TikTok is rolling, how IG reels are going, like you had to adjust, right? I'm assuming. Oh right? yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that mean film, photography, whatever you could think of when it comes down to multimedia, like you have to evolve. Mm. Overall, right? Like, even when music, music, when I first started doing videos, like, it was all record label. It was all, yeah. I remember buying Drake's album at yeah. Best Buy because it came in a deluxe had, package with the shirt. Yeah, you, you had to get, in order for you to get the sick, the yeah. package, you had to buy it at the store, Walmart, physically. Target, physically. Yeah. The physical CD. Mm-hmm. The, everybody remembers having the, literally the fucking, the libreta mm-hmm. of CDs. Right in the and middle me, between your, your, your and, passengers. They're driving. And mijo, I know, sometimes agarra, they would put it on top of the yeah, middle uh, thing. Mijo, agarra <laughs> agarra allá de Vicente, por favor. Yeah. <laughs> and then boom, there funny. it is. But now, I mean, it turned into MP3s. LimeWire. Yeah. Right? LimeWire. Lime I forgot about LimeWire. No way. iTunes, Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Money went down. Money went down. So now it's just streams. Even like SoundCloud was huge. Yeah. 
Boom. First, now, it was like 2016 on SoundCloud? Yeah, SoundCloud, SoundCloud is, is huge. But what is everybody popping right now? If you have a trending TikTok sound... And it just yeah, up. it goes up. The, the majority of people that are look, looking for music or listening to new music now it's like Instagram Reels and TikTok. Mm-hmm. Labels see that stuff as like, oh, that's part of our label process. If you, if you know, and I, I saw this, I saw this a lot uh, when I went to Coachella. Not that I'm trying to fucking you know that. Oh shit, I went to Coachella, but it's Coachella, man. Um, I saw it. I saw it at Coachella. The effect that TikTok and social media has on music. So, Bad Bunny was playing his new recent albums, his hits. Yeah. Then he started playing some deep tracks. What happened to the everyone else in that? Obviously, I've, I've followed, I've listened to Bad Bunny for a while, mm-hmm. 2015, 2016. People that didn't know, people that went based off of TikTok, of social media, were just quiet as fuck listening mm-hmm. to his deep tracks, not knowing shit. Yeah. Yep. I was like, I was here dancing, I was here fucking yelling my ass off. And I turned around, I see everyone, everyone just quiet because they didn't know shit. They knew what was on Instagram, they knew what was on TikTok. They knew the viral yeah. trends, the viral sounds on TikTok. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. So that's what the impact of TikTok and social media has on music nowadays. Mm-hmm. You can be underground. You can have a viral sound, like he said. Record labels will get you on that. Yeah. Because that's all people know. You'll be signed the next day. That's all oh, I can say. Yeah. You can be signed the next day. But this is the thing, though. I've seen some, some footage with, with uh, artists that have one song pop off on TikTok. Mm-hmm. They will literally... Only sing the hook of that song part of TikTok, and then everything else they're like, rrr, 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 they don't even know it, bro. And 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 the part of it, it's like, yeah, it's good you're getting that exposure, but at the same time, do they know you? Who do was they, it? I think it was Kid Leroy, the one that got pissed because they didn't know. No, it was a uh, Lewis. What's his name? The I'm really good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I wish uh, I wish you knew. I, yeah, I or wish something you like knew that. something like that. So he was, but he got pissed because he was he was performing. And they only knew that part of the, of the viral trend. He would stop. Like, yo, y'all don't know the song? Da, 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 da. Like, like he got pissed because he was, he was singing, obviously, the yo, rest you of you don't know the song? No. Yeah, like, he got pissed <laughs> as fuck. And, and, and like, with that being said, it's like, yeah, it's really dope to be, like, popping on TikTok and popping on that. But, like, if you can grow at least 200 fans organically where they, like, know you in and out and can invest in you and, like, small things like merch or whatever, because right now streaming is horrible. You can stream a thousand times with your song again, like twenty five cents. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. So a lot of these artists that I know that before the so pre streaming era and in streaming era, they had fans that would buy their albums. So they were a fourteen ninety nine fan mm-hmm. that that they would they would pay the fourteen ninety nine for the album. Where now it's like they became a. 25 cent fan because they're still streaming their music but they're not getting the same money back right yeah so they have to figure things out and a lot of these artists will do merch and shit like that but with that being said is like if you don't have that like fan base you're gonna be struggling you could have that one song pop off but that streaming money revenue is not gonna be yeah, great true so I'm, I'm gonna kind of fuck you up right now though all right hey hey whoa, so, whoa, whoa, hey, yo, hey, hey we're not gonna hey, i'll step up for my homeboy now <laughs> You just want to get down with me. That's the oh, problem. Yeah. That's the thing already. I've always thought, I'll drop this for any day, bro. <laughs> so, you create content, you direct, you capture the moments. For you personally, what was that perfect moment? What is the perfect moment? If you already lived it or looking forward to it? Um, Have you ever wondered what the band ACDC has to do with the missing town of Dublin, Wisconsin? Or who gets to decide what music plays at the end of the world? 
or whether or not the largest unsolved art heist in history was actually a cover for a different crime. Maybe you haven't wondered about these things, but that's okay. On 31, we dive into strange, true, but often lesser-known stories and the interesting theories that surround them. From space to sports, lost media to internet lore, 31 has something for everyone. Find 31 on your favorite podcast platform and dive into the why behind the weird with me, Quinn Lovecraft. 31, the why behind the weird. It happens a few times. So it's not just one moment. It's a few times. It's, it's the moment that kind of changed you. In a good or bad way. I feel like it was an eye-opening moment where, yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm up here. In a, in, I, I kind of made it in a yeah, way. Yeah, in a, in a good, in the most positive way got where you. maybe you got emotional to this because you're just mm-hmm. like, fuck. From a small town to a big city to not known to now known. Okay. Um, honestly, it was recently. So the, the whole Canelo thing. So I, I had a chance to... Uh, shoot content for his fight coming up May 6th, right before, uh, right after Cinco de Mayo. Um, I guess the deeper meaning to it was like, I got to shoot Canelo and I think I told my girl, I was like, I couldn't sleep the night before. The main reason why I couldn't sleep was like, my dad does not take a day off at work, not once. Even if I'm home, he's he's working. I don't even get to see him sometimes because he's still working. Like, he still works. But when it's a Canelo fight, he takes a day off. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He's on that serious shit. So I was able to shoot with the boxer that he loves to watch. And I'm talking about my dad. He's He's his idol. Bro, this is idol. From what I remember, like he would always take that day off. We would watch the fights, and that's all he wanted to do is watch the fight. We would give him the perfect seat for him to watch this fight, give him his cella. He's relaxing. But just being like, wow, I remember those days that my dad would take off. To just watch this guy fight, and I'm working with him right now. I had a conversation with him. I had a conversation with Canelo. I told him, "Hey, you know, like, you know, my dad, you know, loves you. Like, he works every single day of the year. He said, but he takes the days off when you fight." And he was like, "Well, you know, that mandame los saludos." Like, you know, he was just like, you know, he doesn't seeing someone that like that little speck of of someone doing that that works really hard. I think that's what one Canelo works for is like, yo, this is what I represent the Latinos that put in work day in and out, but can have time for what I do kind of gives him like more of an inspiration to keep being who he is. But just having a conversation. And the only thing I wanted to talk to him about was my dad. Cause to me, my dad is my hero, bro. Like he's always been like the hardworking man. I remember like on Sundays I would watch shows and they were always like, Oh, Sundays are the days you take off. Sundays are the days you guys relax. And I remember my dad always, always call me out to go do yard work at the house He's like, on Sundays, we work all day. He's like, we'll chill when everything's done here at the house. And I didn't realize what he was talking about. I was like, I thought today's the day of family. He's like, it is for family. I'm home. I'm home. I'm working here at the house. I got time to do stuff here at the house. His quality time was, for me, was like, come work with me. Come work with me at the house. Our own home. His home, you know? And it was was just crazy to, to see that, you know, overall, like, such a hard worker, even on Sundays, bro, you know? Yeah, so you said your dad is your hero. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Why, why and, and, and if you can give us an explanation, why is your dad your hero? Because he sacrificed everything. Whatever his dream was, he didn't care. He, he got my mom pregnant when, he, when, uh, when, when she was young, and my dad just came over here when he was 17 with like $20 in his pocket. And whatever dream he had, he was like, uh-uh, I got a family now. 
came out here, worked for three, four years, went and grabbed my mom. Or well, she got pregnant. He brought her over here, had my brother, and then they went back. And he stayed out here and worked, and sent money back every month. And then finally, when he had enough to bring him over here, he came over here. But he knows nothing but work. You see, his hands are they're nothing like mine. His hands are rough. Years and years of just picking oranges and picking whatever you could think of. He's taken me with him, and I I can bear I can barely bear it, bro. Like, and I can imagine him doing it every day. And I have like, I've 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 gone with him for a vlog and just to get stuff and, and bro, he's picking three four times faster than anybody around him, you know, because he's if he's out there, he's gonna make it worth it, you know, and and people call him crazy because he works way too hard, and he's never never once said like, yeah, oh, today's not the day. He's even to this day, le pica la casa. He doesn't want to be home anymore. He's he's still so strung up on being being working, just working. It's crazy to me because, like, I've never seen someone work so hard. And, like, to me to ever say that I want to give up on my work because it's so hard. Come on, bro. The shit that I do is so easy compared to what he does. I feel you, bro. I feel you. That's a disrespectful thing to do is to give up. Have you ever ever told him all this? Yeah. It's hard, bro, because, you know, like, hardcore Mexican families, like, it's hard for them to show emotion. Yeah. Oh, dude. They give me consejos all day. We Um, we did it uh, about... Two, three weeks ago, bro, we, we call, ended up calling our dad during the pod. I called my yeah. dad when we he was at up, work. We bro. ended up telling him. We ended up telling him individually how we feel. And yeah. Thank you. And they don't know how to handle that. They don't know how to handle appreciation and <laughs> and being thankful for them because of how you said. Like right now, I work with my dad, bro, and it's just like, yeah, my dad has struggled, bro. Like hands are are rough. Le pica la casa. He doesn't want to be home. Yeah. He wants to keep moving and doing this. So what we do here, how you said in perfect terms, this is easy. Yeah. And you're, you're talking about recording in AC and filming, drinking, having I, fun. I relate to you a lot too, bro, because when, obviously my parents crossed the border. Yeah. I had it super easy for the people that don't know. The only way I crossed the border was I, I crossed the border with my cousin's passport. Damn. My cousin kind of looks like me. I was like two or three years old. They crossed me over like that. Um, my mom was pregnant with my sister, and my mom crossed the border pregnant with my sister. Damn. She was, I think, six months in, and she still crossed the border like that. And now that I'm doing this, obviously we've been doing this for a while, my parents were like, oh, like, why did you do the podcast? Why do this? Why not? I used to work on the weekends. Mm. Apart from the work that I used to do, I used to work on the weekends with my dad. And now that I'm doing this, I take the weekend off or I take just Saturday off. Like, tomorrow I might go work too, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, my friend's like, oh, like, you have it easy. Like, you just go film. You have fun today. You get money and revenue off of that. And I'm just like, dude, like, I might have it easy compared to you guys, I mean, you know? they're, they're they're not wrong, though. They, right? It's just they don't. If, no, of course. They the, don't understand the physical that physical trait of it, yeah. right? It's, it's, it's. Very easy. It's it's not yeah. as hard as going out and working all day. Oh hell sun, yeah, bro! Right? Definitely. So not, bro. the harder part for us is the mental, right? It's mm-hmm. the mental the the mental strain and being able to push forward when things aren't even looking right your way. Mm-hmm. And there's been times when my parents tell me, "Just just come back home. Just come back home. You can figure it out over here. We, we'll give you a house. We'll give you." That's easy for them. It's so easy for them to do that. And they they tell my girl all the time, 
just just come come move over here. I give you this house right because they they literally own the house that we were in the duplex, and then own the house right next to us. Oh shit! They bought the house of our neighbors a long time ago. Shit. So, um, you know, I I definitely if I did that, you know. I would disrespect him, disrespect him because I think the overall message I'm showing is that I'm not strong enough or strong as you because he's worked so hard to, to get to a place where he's safe, where I, I was born in a safe place. Because like you're trying to prove something to them. And not just, not just to them, you're trying to prove yourself that you're as strong yeah. as your parents were. Yeah. You know? I, t- I tell my cousins all the time because all, all my family lives in the same city and I tell my cousins all the time, like, bro, your your dad worked his ass off, you know, because some of my cousins are not, they weren't, yeah. you know, equipped with, right when they first got out of high school, they were fucking up and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, like, if you go out and do the same thing your dad's doing and picking oranges all day in, in, in the fields, you're doing him a disservice. Yes. He came out here and did all this shit for years and years and years to get you in a better place, for you to fall in the same place he's in. I think the our parents, how they say it ourselves. Their goal isn't for us to be in the same position they're in. Their goal is for us to be better and do better. And even us doing better may scare them because it's something that may be unsure. But as long as we know where we're going and we get to that point or close to that point throughout the process, yeah, you know, we're doing it. So let's take one more break and then we'll get into those thousands of questions. That right. Your family asks you, though, my guy, you ask questions for your fans. Yeah. And... And they went for it. They did. <laughs> they went seven pages long. One of the one of the questions that we're gonna choose out um, is someone asked you your definition of hard work. Um, I think hard work is described differently depending on you know how you're raised and stuff. So to me, hard work is basically trying to fulfill what my dad you know did throughout his years and not giving up. So. When I look at it, it's, and it's hard, too, because then I have to look at other people the same way, right? The, the way that I work hard. Um, I've learned to never say, like, oh, what time are we done? Or da-da-da. You know, I'm like, whatever it takes, let's get it done. There's a whole difference in the mentality when you when you approach it that way compared to, oh, you know, what time are we finishing? What time are we finishing? Yeah. I hate people that work with me like that. I hate people that put a time <laughs> a time behind my head. I'm like, bro, I don't. the last thing I want to worry about is what time are we done? Let's get this done, and that's the way it has to be. You know what I'm saying? That's Really what it is, just working hard is just getting it done, right? True. Instead of like, oh, we work till 10 Focus 10. on the work, not the time to get yeah. done, you know? Damn, damn. Come with the quotes right now. Hey, 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 chill out, bro. Chill out, chat, GPT. Chill out. Chill out, chat, GPT. Oh, shit. We have to have a part two because talking about all these systems happening are crazy. Someone else asked you, how do you challenge yourself to become a better director? Um... When it com- comes to me challenging myself, the reality is like, me learning something new that I'm out of the box with, right? Something that I'm not used to doing. That's mm-hmm. how I challenge myself is learning something new every time I shoot. So if it's me learning how to, you know, pick up a gimbal differently and add a different extension for it or whatever the case is, I learn how to invest in myself, but also learning how to use it because I could easily go hire someone to do something for me. Mm-hmm. But if I learn how to do it myself, when it comes down to have me hire someone to go do this for me i'll know exactly how to communicate with them so being able to adapt to the new technology to to adapt to like new techniques and being able to implement like vfx to my work challenging myself to do that type of stuff i've been my videos have all been very like strictly like very clean looking and very high quality but i've stepped up 
different things on learning how to use VFX, not even myself, but like being able to output it out to someone to do it for me. Yeah. To challenge how my work comes out, you know? So. Love it. All right. Now it's a little bit, we're going a little crazier. Someone asked you, what is your life balance pursuing your dream? Um, yo, for a long time, like all I cared about was work for the longest. There was like a, a, a very toxic trait between me and work where that's all we wanted to do. I was a hermit crab. All I wanted to do, if I wasn't shooting out videos, I was editing and I was just on the internet finding a bunch of information because it's out there. So I yeah. wanted to learn from it. So I'm very like, if you ask me a certain question, I might know it. I might know something about it. And it's weird because like it helps me out in the long run when I'm in a conversation with someone and I'm trying to socialize and I know something about it because then it gives me a way in, right? So I guess, what was the question again? I think I threw myself. So, how do you? <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> that's me as fuck, yo. That's me. Like, let me talk about whatever. What am I talking about right now? Um, how do you balance your life pursuing your dream? Got it. Um, like I said, so it was a lot of work when I first started, and I was just, I was very like focused into work, and I wanted to find, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. But I realized that that light at the end of the tunnel, there's always windows peeking through light myself. So it's not about following that light to the tunnel, just like glazing that light that's coming from the side of the, of the tunnel. We don't realize that, right? We always think of that light, but this sometimes there's light coming beaming through. That is natural. So I think part of it is like when I got with my girl, right, she had kids, and I'm, I'm a stepdad now. And I found that there has to be a change in my work habits and the change in how I move around. And part of it was like, I have a family now and I became a family man and I'm learning to this day is like there's work and then the weekends is kind of like for me and the kids and like I, I've i learned to like, you know, I got kids now. So I've learned to just kind of like say no to things and being able to, if there's certain jobs, yeah, there there's time where I would not need to step away from my family to work on them to get to a better, better spot. But overall, just being able to have family to contribute to and having you know, my life split, right? Before it was just one work, 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 figuring out how to split it when my family had time and when my work had time. So I have hours where I work all day, 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 then I got to pick up the kids. Then I kind of like split back over to family again, you know? I love it. I love it. A big one that I think it's going to, it's going to shed light on a lot of people that are trying to get into this space. But one of them is your opinion and Latinos in entertainment. I think, um, and I've noticed it, right? So, like, the Korean and Asian market is blowing up right now with, like, I think you guys have seen everything everywhere all at once. The movie blew up. Beef, right? They're getting their shine right now, which is amazing. I love seeing that. And I think we're just getting a sense of, it's our turn now, right? It's our turn. I think there's this one movie coming out called Beetle or something like that. Mm, It's with uh, George Lopez, I think. They're finally putting a Mexican... As a superhero. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. I think it's Blue yeah. Beetle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool seeing that, but I think sometimes we don't see things in a broader spectrum, right? We have these, like, one little dime at us, right? And I think this is it. But I hopefully, hopefully somewhere down the road, they they normalize, you know, they love filming the, the Latino community or the culture in L.A., but how about you guys create a story of 
what's in the culture of LA, right? Because a lot of it, you know, Latinos make LA. It's a big portion of it mm-hmm. where you see the lowriders, the murals on the walls, LA Dodgers, like all you think of is that hat from yes, Estaban Orioles, right? That one photo. Type of thing, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's yeah. a Mexican that took that photo representing Los Angeles and him, him growing up out here. We see all these things in LA and we see these things in the world. I, I've gone over to the um, Soho warehouse and I went in there and I walked in there and I saw a bunch of murals or a bunch of photos of him all on the walls there. And I'm like, wow, this is dope. But there got to be a point in time where they don't just use it as art wall and actually centralize it and make it yeah. as the piece, right? That's really what I want. But I think there still needs to be more, uh, more push in the Latino culture to be put in the front somewhere. It's, a, it's definitely an ongoing, it's an ongoing thing. It's a process, and it's one of those things where, as hard as it's, as hard as it is to say, we're ongoing proving ourselves that we can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you wanted produce? Well, we have people that do it. Yeah. You wanted to work hard, build a building, build a house, build whatever. There's people that go and do it, and they do it fast. They do it with pride and cheap and cheap. And I was cheap. About to say, and cheap. Bro. And cheap. And and it goes back to like, what do you value your, your yeah. work? So. One of the questions that's on here is, how do you value the price that you charge for your work? Join us each week on the Well Beyond Medicine podcast as we explore the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. Listen and subscribe at NemoursWellBeyond.org, where you'll hear pediatric experts, researchers, and policymakers from around the world discussing ways they are revolutionizing children's health. I'm your host, Carol Vassar. Let's go. People always ask, like, oh, certain amount of money. Like, I'm just throwing a number out. I'm not giving you guys a real number because y'all can email that. <laughs> but just like, let's just send an email. We're going to send an email out to this. But let's just say that the photo shoot, I quote out, I just say $4,000 for a photo shoot. And that comes with a certain amount of, of outfits for like a, a catalog brand or something. I can get that done in less than an hour and a half if I really, because I know how to do it. You're not paying and i've said i've heard this before but you're not paying for my time you're paying for the skill that i can get things done fast and amazingly because i could spend i could spend an hour on 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 once one setup right but you're gonna get the same photo i can get that done in five minutes because how good i am and get it done in five minutes not waste your time the model's time and anybody else's time still get everything done the way you want it and you'll, you're not going to notice it. So if you're there and you see it, like, you got it done in an hour? Or if you're there, you got, oh, you got it done in four hours? That's cool. But if you're not there, you're like, you would think I got it done but, in four hours. what if I want to bring you down from your price? What if I tell you, dude, how about you just help me out? Come down. Pay me, let me tr- just charge me this. I'm like, I could discount my, my gas. And then, you know what I'm saying? But honestly, yeah. when it comes down to... Charging prices, so bro. It's a better complete. question. Yeah. A better question. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but a better question. You used to charge this, but now you charge this. Man, bro, you fucking changed. You don't want to help us out no more. Nah. I invested in myself. People don't understand that. Like when it comes down to photographers, directors, videographers, or whatever, bro, like I've spent twenty, thirty thousand dollars in the last two, three years in just equipment. 
People think like, oh, so you think I'm just gonna take that, eat that bullet? Like, someone's gonna have to take it. I know I am. I took it forward, but it's gonna show somewhere else on the other side. I originally buy things, right? So it could high, make my video or or photos higher quality. And with that being said, is like you're not gonna get that for free. Like that costed me something. At the end of the day, like if I'm working for like say a dentist office or something like that, or or someone's like clothing brand, you're gonna make money off that. You're, I'm creating something for you to post. You know, yes, you created the the item or whatever the the thing is, but if you end up going the cheap route and doing it yourself, sometimes that can backfire, right? Yeah. Right. So make that part where you could do it yourself. Your second line of of content, make the main stuff, make it stand out. I always tell people like you got to make things stand out creatively as well as like something very simple. Um, something very simple could look really dope if you do it the right way. I always tell that you could you could make something look really dope on a white wall, but you got to make it look right. The lighting has to be dramatic. The, the the shadows that you put on the wall can be differently, right? A lot of these people specialize in that, right? And I specialize in being able to find those looks for you, show them to you, you approve them, and I'll make them look the same way you're asking me for, even better. But when it comes down to to to, I guess rationalizing why I go up in price is you're getting a lot of more things that I didn't have back then. Right. Back then I will show up with one camera and like, I'm ready to shoot. Now I'm bringing like a, you know, half of a little truck of stuff that's going to utilize in your shoot. So are you not afraid to lose people along your journey? I mean, that's just part of, of growing. You're going to lose people that are trying to hold you down at a certain price. You know what I'm saying? That's just part of you growing. You got to learn how to be mature about it. And realize that like maybe your your two three hours isn't worth the five hundred dollars because not as only the two three hours you got another two three hours of editing you got to worry about and there's people out there that will actually pay right and it's like oh how do you find the people it's like you got to get like be consistent with your work and not just consistent with your work but be putting out great work yeah. right so like people follow me and stuff like that. You know, whatever I post is going to be quality. It looks like my page is like a bunch of little ads and shit like that because of so much stuff that I do that the, the ad, they look like ads, but they're really someone else's work. But I'm, I'm creating it and it's going to go on my page too. I'm not going to go out and, you know, put it together like a sandwich and throw it out and then it's, I'm going to have to post it, right? And sometimes, you know, people do that. They'll, they'll shoot something and they'll, they'll like only take two, three shots and they'll change the music and then put it out there. I'm like, that's not what you shot. You just made it look cool for two, three seconds, but that's pretty much <laughs> yeah. it. What you see on my page, what you see on there is what you're going to see when you go watch the video. You're not seeing some facade that I put up. You know what I'm saying? Because what you see on my page is me, right? Compared yeah. to someone like, oh, I'm ready to pay. And like, wait, I th- you're, this is not what your work looks like on Instagram. I've seen people do that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you come with the true <clears throat> meaning. Yeah, one of our last questions, the last one, because they they bombarded you with questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a lot of them are are really good. Shout out to everybody that tapped into that. But one of the most powerful questions was, "What do you tell your younger self? What advice do you give your younger self, and where you're at now to where you were then?" Um, I would tell my younger self that everything's gonna be all right. That those days that you were, I was sleeping out of my car, going to school. That everything's gonna be all right. That this is only a step to where you need to be at, and that your parents telling you to come home doesn't mean that they gave up on you. They just care about you. It's really the truth. Is like people realize that like 
you know, no, nobody really knows a lot of the things that I've been through, you know what I'm saying, from like sleeping in my car for three and a half months, trying to find an apartment that I could afford for school, you know, while still going to school um, and being going to uh, what Ralph's to get like a dollar little instant lunchable meals to kind of eat. They didn't see those struggles, right? And I didn't see those struggles going up. I didn't even know I was going to do that. But, like, being able to inform myself, like, you're going to go through a bunch of shit. But somewhere down the line, you're going to be, you're going to get comfortable with doing these things. And then you're going to start growing and going to see newer levels in your life, right? And, you know, I, I would just tell them, tell them to just keep going because there's times where I remember just sitting in my car. I'm like, what am I doing? I could be home sleeping in a good bed and having food for my mom, right? But I didn't, I didn't give up. Right. I, I believed in myself. You know, my my struggles were were really early in my in my career where like nowadays, like if something does happen to me, I know that I haven't hit rock bottom. Rock bottom is me sleeping in my car, still trying to work. You know? What what would you consider rock bottom, obviously? You just said it right now would it be sleeping in your car? Living in my car, but I have no choice anymore. That's not my choice. I have a family now, so I'm not seeing my family sleeping in the car. Right now, it's just like my rock bottom is losing everything I have. I have two kids, six and 11, and they mean so much to me, bro. Like, they're not mine, but they're fucking mine. They might not have my blood, but they're, they're mine, bro. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. I see your passion in your eyes. Why is that? What did that do to you? Becoming this parent? I don't know, bro. Obviously, I guess I'm, I'm not. I'm not a parent at all. Nah, I, I guess I, I can feel what you feel right now. I can. I can see yeah. the passion you have for this. I guess what you is know this? why. Why? Why the emotion? Why this? Like, I guess because like you know I have a nephew that I would consider my brother, and like my sister got pregnant very young, and she was like 16 years old, and like. The father lived, like, two doors away. Never met him, right? And, like, I remember the struggles he still goes through right now. He does film now, but he tells me that, like, you know, he he wished he knew how much his family loved him. And, like, these kids that I have are great kids, bro. Like, great kids. If you see them, you're like, damn, like, you raised them well. And, like, seems like nothing's wrong in their family. But, like, I make it so that they don't ever feel like, there's something missing in their family because I'm there for them every time. Bro, I'm in, I'm in the girl's classroom when she messes up, sitting in the back, making sure she knows that this isn't allowed. But I'm also there when she wants boba and she's asking for it or whatever the case is. And I don't give it to her all the time, but there's, there's times and instances where I'll give her money or I'll give her something for good grades, you know? Obviously, uh, we're, we're all raised by Hispanic parents. Yeah. What do you implement on your kids or on the on the kids from your parents' side? Um, something that you, your parents taught you, something that your your parents engraved into you. Respect. 
huge on respect. And I know it's tough. Like she's, I have a t- basically a teenager at Tweeb. And respect is so huge to me, bro. Like anybody that's older than me, like gets it regardless, you know, until like you give it, you give it away to who he needs it. I don't give it the whole, you know, that whole saying like, oh, you got to give respect to get it. I give it. Mm-hmm. I'm never a person to be like, oh, you know, he's he's lived in this world longer than me and I don't know what he's been through. But respect goes a long way because you don't know who the hell you're talking to or who you are there, right? And I think respect is huge to me. And I try to instill that to them just overall, like respect whoever you're talking to because you don't even know what they're going through or who they are or what they've been through in the one day. Because that one little time where you want to act up or you want to be that bad person can really break someone. So if they if they listen to this, like what's something like you would tell these these kids, man, that I feel like this changed your life for the better. Yeah, it did. You you're ta- you're talking from a from a position where you gotta be here in order to feel this emotion. But like if they listen to this, like what would you tell them? I tell them that I got y'all. No matter what. You know, like even though I'm not like your blood, like, if you need something, I got you. If you need advice, I got you. If you need discipline, I got you. If you need help, I got you. There's nothing that I can't do in this world that I can't handle. As a parent, like, I think I learned from my dad is, like, I remember when he want, I wanted a camera so bad, and it was expensive. It was, like, five grand. He, he, I kept telling him, like, hey, I really need this, like, Bro, he sold a, a plot of land from Mexico to buy me that camera. Damn. You know, and it helped me out so much, bro. It's like, that's why I tell my that my dad's my hero, and I want to be that to, to, to whoever I raised. And I am. I'm trying that as hard as, 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 hard as I can, bro. I'm trying to be that. Let's say let's say your dad is watching this on the other side of the camera. What do you tell your dad right now? I love you and thank you for everything. And I wish I could show you how much you mean. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Shit. Oh, that's what we are, hey, that's what we're about, dog. That's what yeah. we're about. It's us alive. That's what we're about because we bring these conversations that need needed, bro. And we bring out conversations that we know we needed to say. Yeah. Kids, parents, life in general. You know, an, an hour and something podcast, two hours, three hours, whatever the case is, never does it really justice. Why? Because our life from our age that we are gets cut down to here and there's so much. Yeah. But for a reason or another, we're brought here together. And for everybody listening, you got to know the, the time and position you're in is for a reason and yeah. why the power above wanted you there. True. There's a reason why this podcast took X amount of time yeah. to sit here. But it's because now we're in a position where we can give you something and you can give us something. Yeah. And we can share that together and we can both bring up together. Of course. True. So, I mean, I think that was, that was amazing. Thank you so much for of sharing this. Opening up to us too. Opening us to this. I mean, it only took you about an hour and 20 to open up. <laughs> but we ain't counting too we much. Were, no, yeah, we were yeah. digging our way throughout the whole podcast. <laughs> we were, just we were going. Again. Nah, I, I thank you guys for providing this platform. Like, it's, you know, I see a lot of them out there, right? But like, you guys are celebrating life and celebrating on what is now, but 
giving homage to everything that's before. So like the way we're setting this up is like we're we wouldn't be who we are with without parents and we live in such a crazy culture. We are embraced by everybody else, but sometimes it's hard for us to embrace each other. Yeah. And this this I feel like this podcast does that. And it's really awesome where some of these questions you guys throw out and the way you guys maneuver this type of stuff is like it, come, it comes down to family and being able to understand that there's a lot of broken homes out there, bro, and a lot of families that don't talk to each other. And I realize how important that is, yeah. right? And showcasing that and showing that so much you know, trauma can come from it when you don't have a stable family. Yeah. And I guess, like, for me, I think that's what I'm trying to embed to my family that I have now is, like, we're sticking together no matter what, you know? And, uh, yeah, man, I thank you guys for having me on today. Appreciate you, man. I mean, Thank you, thank you. If y'all haven't, make sure you guys subscribe, yes, you sir. tune in. Another Monday we don't fucking miss, bro. And I say exactly. that shit proudly. I say that shit with passion because yes, sir. no matter how crazy Sundays have been or Saturdays or weekends have been, we don't miss. And because of of people like yourself, George. Yeah. And we get to come here and celebrate life together and we let others enjoy the conversation and hopefully it, it brings some type of healing to them in their life and bring, hopefully it encourages them to bring up a conversation in their life with sure. their parents, loved ones, siblings. And a lot of people will relate to you, bro. A lot of people have gone through what you've gone. Uh, yeah. It's a, Definitely, like, a story that I've been wanting to tell, so I appreciate y'all just open, let, opening the doors so I could sit here and talk. Because everybody loves to see the superhero, but nobody understands, like, before the superhero, they had to live somewhere. What, what, was, that, what was that quote? What's uh, that quote um, I sent today? Um, no, no one knew No that. one will ever understand the violence it took to be this gentle. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Preach, and, uh, homeboy, preach. It's true. You know, no one will ever, but... We're here to talk about it and hopefully resemble it. Yeah. And hopefully you guys understand. So it's also like podcast, baby. This is how yeah. we do. Peace.